0: We all lost a lot of weight. (laughs) He helped us get on this health journey and it made this huge difference in our lives. That's right. So we literally transformed just by what we put in, what we ate, what we put on our plate. We didn't exercise, we didn't do anything. All we did was change the way we eat. Mm -hmm. And we changed the way we look. We lost, I lost like 45, I don't remember how many pounds you lost. Alex lost like 50. It was just big amounts of weight. Just by what we ate. So what if our minds worked the same way? Because I believe that they do. What you feed your mind, whether it's good or it's bad, you are the sum result of that thing, right? And think of this. Sin was not sin until it was conceived. Uh, Because in the beginning, sin was just a thought, right? Sin was just a thought. It wasn't something that had happened yet. Sin began with a thought. That's why it is so important That we develop our thought life. So I didn't get a big uh, opportunity to talk to my husband, but I'm pretty sure I have his permission to share this about him. So y'all know Pastor Ben as this successful business owner, right? He is a business owner. But you see him now not in the beginning. (laughs) In the beginning of the book of Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter one, chapter one. Pastor Ben did not ever see himself as a business owner. Therefore, he was not successful in business, right? He did not see himself like that because he did not feel that way his self-worth. If you had said, tell me one thing about yourself, who knows what Pastor Ben would have come up with three years ago, because he didn't feel in his heart and in who he was, the core of who he was, that he could do it. I remember I sat down with him one time and I literally sat at his feet and I cried and I said, babe, you don't understand. I'm not just telling you this. Like it's comfortable for me, for you to have a nine to five job. Like I like the security of that, but that's not what God wants. And I know that. And I sat at his feet. I anointed his feet and I literally cried tears over this man. And we got up the next day, Sherry, and nothing changed. Pastor Ben was still Pastor Ben. (laughs) He had no desire to go out there and start a business. He had zero desire to see that dream come true. And only I was able to see it. But clearly, plainly, I could see what God was calling him to be. However, Pastor Ben could not be that because of his environment. Everyone say environment. His environment had put him in a place that boxed him in and made him feel a certain way. Whether people meant to do it or not, Mary, it's just what happened naturally. So he couldn't think outside of here because he was stuck in here. And so sometimes when our thoughts are like that, we become our own worst enemy, right? And so at that point, that's where he was. Then he comes to Cleveland, Texas. Everybody say Cleveland. Miracles happen in Cleveland, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) And he changed his environment. He got under Pastor Levi. He started that powerful thing, Pastor Eli, when you get under Pastor Levi. Because he started making him believe that he could do things that I told him he could do. But he didn't believe that I when I said it. But when Pastor Levi said it, all of a sudden, oh, my God, yeah, we can really do this. So, praise God, whatever it took. And whatever it took. T- <laughs> and so I watched this man. And all the women what, say amen. And, uh, all the women and thank God for Pastor Levi. So I watched him literally one day, Mama D, we're in the car driving and he says, I'm going to jump. I'm just going to do it. That's it, Jerry. He said, I'm not going back to my job. I'm just going to do it. And inside of me, me, the me that's robed in humanity was like, oh my God, what did I do? (laughs) But my spirit man leaped with joy because I knew something beautiful had just been born. I knew somehow, some way this was going to change everything. I didn't understand it, but I knew it from way back when. so i watched him and all this is going back to your thoughts i watched him as he got up the next day and normally pastor my husband would wake up and he would obsess he's the thinker too he would go into this deep crazy thought pattern of oh my gosh what do i do i'm gonna call lenny right now this was a huge mistake we have this bill we have that bill but he didn't do that he didn't do that brother cooper he got up and he put on this youtube boom and all of a sudden, I'm listening to all these wonderful men, uh, what's his name, Napoleon Hill, uh, all these great, mighty, mighty men of God who were business owners, who were successful in business, who took God's principles, applied them, and made themselves successful. And I'm telling you, he ate that every day, all day, to the point where me and Alex started thinking, we could be successful at something if we put our minds to it, because that's all we ever heard. <laughs> And so there was literally no way that he could ever bring out anything negative because everything he ate was positive. He couldn't receive any negative. All he heard was, you can do this. You've got this. If you believe it, if you see it. So his thought process primed him for the opportunity to see who he really was. He always was that man. He always was a successful business owner way back then even till now, but he had to first believe it. Everybody say, believe it. it. He began to own his God confidence. And just like that KB foundation was born, but only because Ben Valdez was reborn. So what causes our thoughts? I used you as a perfect example, babe, because you did that. Everybody praise God for that miracle. Let's talk about what causes our thoughts to be negative because we all have negative thoughts. If you say you don't, you're lying. I promise you, we all have negative thoughts. Where did they come from? Why do we have them? And then what are we going to do? That's the practical application we're going to talk about tonight. So, where did it come from? Number one, it could be our upbringing. It really can just be that simple. Uh, me and my brother grew up in a negative environment. So everything was negative. You know, you could call my mom right now and be like, Hey, Elizabeth, how's it going? Well, I'm going to tell you what, my dog died. Uh, the neighbor is on my nerves. Uh, my clothes don't fit right. Everything. And you laugh, but literally, am I lying? That's how that's how we grew up. And no fault to my mother. She grew up from hearing that from, from my grandpa. So it was just carried on and carried on. So sometimes your negative thoughts are pre-programmed it's the cd that's played over and over in your mind since you were a kid and you don't realize it until you sit and you get out of it and then you hear it and you're like that's not good that's not okay i shouldn't live like that i remember when i met pastor ben every single time pastor swan would call us pastor lori i would be like Oh my God, what happened? What did we do wrong? Why is he calling us? And Ben will be like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) I'm like, because something has to be wrong. Why would he be calling us? Maybe he just loves us and he wants to check on us. But I was pre-programmed that everything meant the worst. The phone call, the whatever it was, I'm already thinking the absolute worst. I've played it out. We've went there in our head. It could not be anything positive. And so that went back to my upbringing. Everyone say upbringing. And it could be that. And unfortunately, we can get stuck there. We can get stuck right there. Some people get stuck there. Some people never grow past there. But that's not God's design for us. That's not where he wants us to stay. He wants us to take those thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. We'll turn to it real quickly. And this is a good good scripture. Absolutely love the scripture. It says... Second Corinthians 10 and 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ because we must take these thoughts captive, meaning we enslave them, we capture them, we control them, and we know that there is no other way around it. We have to literally take our thoughts captive, Ryan. What does that mean? To imprison them, to enslave them. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit more. But I want you to keep that thought in the back of your mind. Taking your thoughts captive. Another reason why we have negative thoughts. uh, Number two is sometimes wrong thoughts come from the enemy. So the enemy gets blamed for a lot of stuff. Sometimes you just have a flat tire. You know, you ran over a nail. It just happened. doesn't mean that the enemy was working overtime on you. It just happened like that, right? They put mayonnaise on your burger. That wasn't the devil. That was the worker who didn't know. And they made a mistake, right? But sometimes we think the enemy did it. The enemy did it. But I can absolutely tell you that, yes, the the enemy puts thoughts in your head. I remember uh, thinking to myself, That sounds so crazy, right? Brother Cooper, like, he's gonna put a thought in my head. And then the other day, we were driving, we were taking Elizabeth back to college, and we passed this big car lot, like this huge used car lot, but it's nice cars. And just like that, boom, Angela, this is the story I was gonna tell you. Boom, the thought comes in my head you could have been a great used car salesman. (laughs) And I thought, I could have. I love people. I mean, genuinely love them. I, I could sell cars. And I thought to myself, I might have missed that. Babe, I would have made a good used car salesman. He goes, oh, babe, you'd have made a great used car salesman. See, even he said it. <laughs> I would be a great used car salesman. I promise you, it sounds crazy, but Russell, I played this whole thing out of my mind. And I thought, I bet all I'd have to do <clears throat> is just go to one of these dealerships in Lane. There's a bunch of them right there. Talk to them. They'd take a chance on me. They'd see me Mom, I'm a nice lady. They give me an opportunity to be a used car salesman. And then I would make all this money, and pastor doesn't need me. I could tithe it. I could tithe all that money, Sherry. And I'd be helping the church, really. I mean, let's not talk about the 90 hours I'm going to work a week. But do you understand where I went in my mind? I took that thought, I accepted it, Mary, and I played out this big old future. (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine that call pastor look I love you but I feel like God has called me to be a used car salesman and there are people who live like that every thought of fancy that comes into their head they don't take that thought captive they don't put it under submission to Christ and say okay that's cool yeah you'd have been good used car salesman but does that line up with what God's dreams were for your life have we put him into the equation have you thought about that no I'm just going to be a used car salesman so the point I'm making is that thoughts will come, but what are you going to believe? Otherwise, you're going to be all over the place. Pastor's going to be getting a call every other week from you. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that because the thoughts are going to come. But what are you going to do with them? What are we going to do with them? So the enemy can put thoughts in our head. The upbringing that we've had can put thoughts in our head. And wrong thinking can come from the pain of our past. So sometimes we're saying things, but it's because we're wounded and we're hurt. We don't really mean it, right? I remember when I met Pastor Ben, I was like, I will never let no man control me. I would never let no man hurt me. I would never, I will never, I would never. Well, that wasn't me talking. That's the pain of my past. And Pastor said one time when we were in a counseling session, pain should never be allowed to speak. Amen. Because pain's going to speak from the heart of where it comes from. And so what I was really saying is, I really wish that you would prove every man wrong that I've ever come in contact with, but I just don't have that much faith in So sometimes the thoughts that we get in our mind do not come from the enemy. They're not from your upbringing, but they're from what you've been through. And it's okay. We're not saying that it's wrong. We're saying that it had to come from somewhere. Let's identify. Let's develop our thinking. And the last thing our wrong thinking can come from is what we say to ourselves. I think this one can be the most powerful because you can overcome your past and your bad upbringing and you can deal with the enemy. But sometimes we are literally taking the knife and slicing our own throat because of what we're saying to ourselves. Because our words have power, right? Our words frame our thought life. Pastor Laurie always says, fix your words and you can change your life. What are you saying over yourself? Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So what does that mean? If you speak negative, you're going to eat that fruit too. Some bitter, nasty, disgusting fruit. What are we saying to ourselves? I got on the treadmill the other day because I've decided to live healthier, Dr. Cooper. That's it. It's not a weight loss situation. I just want to live to see my great grandkids, Miss Marceline. So I got on that treadmill and the thought crossed my mind, I am going to die. This is hard. I mean, I've been doing this in forever, Pastor Lori. It didn't come out of my mouth, but the thought went through my head, and I thought, "Man, my heart's not can't take it, Sherry. I know medical facts, so I'm like, my heart rate's accelerated. I'm gonna die on the treadmill because I'm just doing too much. And how many times do we convince ourselves that we cannot do things that we can actually do because our thoughts take over? Oh, man there's a book by joel Osteen, and it's uh it's something about transform your thoughts or transform your uh, life and he talks about a man who got locked yes. in a refrigerator it was a refrigerated compartment he went he got locked in there and he knew he knew because he <clears> these <throat> that it was going to be you know 20 below in that container overnight so he and his mind knew he was going to die when they opened that container the next day that compartment was at 60 degrees. They could find no medical reason why this man should have died. No medical reason. Mm -hmm. The only thing doctors could come up with was his thoughts told him. He purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart. You're going to die. And he knew. So he died. How many know your thoughts are that powerful? You can literally kill yourself or you can speak life. So I got on the treadmill and I said, I'm not going to die today. I am going to take it back a notch because my heart rate really is accelerated, but I'm going to get up and every day I'm going to go back to the gym and every day I'm going to get healthier and every day I'm going to get stronger. But today is not the day I'm going to die because this is how our thought processes work. So how are we going to overcome this? We know the problems. We know why the thoughts come. So number one, let's talk about how we're going to practically overcome it because I know I can hear y'all in my head. All right, Pastor Amelia, I hear you, but how does that apply in real life? What am I going to do in real life when those thoughts come? Number one, acknowledge the thought is there. God knows the thought's there. You know the thought is there. Acknowledge it. Speak to it. If we turn every light off in this room and we walk in here, I told the Sunday school class this the other day, somebody could come in here, take money out of a purse. A lot of dirt could happen in the dark because no one can see anything that's going on. But the minute you flick on the light... Darkness flees. It has to run and hide. So if it is from the enemy, if it is from the pain of your past, if it is from your upbringing, the minute you acknowledge it and speak and say, you know what, this is wrong thinking. This thought process is wrong. My, I've got to develop better. This is not a good thought to have. You've spoke it. You brought light to the situation. So you have to see darkness flee. We have to allow God to to come into those thoughts to transform what we have opened up ourselves to. So we have to say, number one, my thinking is wrong. It doesn't matter if you say it to God, or it doesn't matter if you say it to your spouse, it doesn't matter if you call pastor, let someone know, hey man, I'm struggling, I'm thinking some messed up thoughts today. I'm thinking wrong. My brother got in the car the other day and he said, man, you ain't going to believe this. And he tells me a story. I want out the people at the tractor supply, what they're doing after eight o'clock, but it's not good stuff. So he tells me and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, can you believe it? And I'm like, no. He goes, I didn't do anything though. He goes, do you believe me? I said, I do believe you. I believe you. I believe you because why, why else would you have not told me? You told me. So when you spoke that built trust between me Because why else would you tell me? I'm never going to know. I don't go to church, especially after After (laughs) eight (laughs) o'clock. Definitely won't go now. So, the point I'm making is that it built trust. So, if I go to my husband and I say, Babe, today I had this thought and it was a wrong thought, it wasn't right. I thought I could be a used car salesman (laughs) and leave you for 90 hours this week, but it wasn't the right thought. All I'm doing is bringing light. So, what happens? The enemy has to flee. Amen. Number one, acknowledge it. Number two, Take that thought prisoner. We just read it, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. But I want you to think of that. Think of that, taking a thought captive. When you take something captive, it means to enslave it, to imprison it. It's locked up. If somebody's locked up in jail, we're not sitting here worried they're going to walk through the door. or They're going to bother us or hurt us. No, they're prisoners. They're locked up. They can't get to us. The Bible says we take those thoughts captive. We lock them up. We throw away the keys. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean. Come here, babe. I'm going to use you real quick as an example. So if I lock it up and I take it and I and I lock it up, boom, it's done. Okay. <laughs> here he is. He's locked up. You you hold that position way too well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's away from me. And do I go on with my life and my day? But then I go back and I entertain the thought. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'm not going to unlock you, but we're going to sit here and we're going to dialogue a little bit, (laughs) like Pastor says, the beast in the basement. I've went back and I have I have let him free, and then I wonder why can't I get past this thought? Why can't I get over this thing? You're stuck here because you choose to be, because you choose to be. But if we take it captive, if we lock it up and enslave it and tell it, you have no authority over me. I refuse to allow my thoughts to go there. I refuse to let this dictate my future. I refuse to allow you into my thoughts now. There's nothing it can do. The Bible says we've locked it up. We took it captive so it cannot remain there anymore. Practical advice. Acknowledge it's there. Number two, enslave that thing. Everybody say enslave it. Make it become obedient. It says take every thought to become obedient to Christ. So that means we have to replace those lies with truths. That's number three. Replace every lie with the truth. John 8 and 32. He says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you set the life free that you took in captive, it controls you. If you set God's word free, pastor says all the time, declare his word, believe his word, set his word free in your life and let it go accomplish what it set out to do. It will make you free. It will set you free. That means you have no choice. You're free. But how many know if you take an elephant and you chain it to a six foot rope, right, Jasmine? And you leave it there for so many years and you release it. That elephant will never go free. It's enslaved here, not here. That's right. And so, so many times we stay enslaved to the lies that the enemy has placed in our heart. But the Bible says that everything that he says about us is good. How do I know it's not good? How do I know it's not God? It's not good. That's how you know it's not God. How do I know this is a God thought and not a man thought? God's thoughts are good. That doesn't mean God is always going to be sunshine and rainbows and skittles. It's not. I told Sherry one time, she goes, I just don't understand. And I said, oh, bless your heart. You think God cares about your comfort? (laughs) No, he wants you to grow. He's going to make you very comfortable. That's how God operates. He makes it not fun. I told Angela the other day, faith walks are horrible when god says let's go on a faith walk be like today or like can we do it another day because it's hard mary we say it's easy but when he says come on out the boat and walk okay it's scary it's intimidating and that's our flesh but inside of us there's a god that says know the truth know the truth and the truth will make you free trust him follow him go with him Because along the way, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but we're going to grow. Amen? Amen. Once you know the truth, nothing can ever be the same. Nothing can ever be the same. The enemy cannot bring that stuff back to you because you know the truth now. God's word says that he loves me. He says he loves me. So what does that mean? What does that mean if it says God's word loves me? It means nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. That man loves me. That man loves me and I love him. Guess what? Nothing else matters. My kids are going to leave. They're going to go about their lives. Alex is going to leave me. (laughs) Moses left me. But guess what? He loves me. He loves me. So nothing else matters. Greater than that, God loves me. Yes. So guess what? Even if, God forbid, if that man ever left me, I'm okay because God loves me. Yes. And that's the truth. So if the enemy tries to put him in my head, oh, yeah, okay, because he's going to go and he's going to be successful. And what are you going to be? Who are you going to be? Here you are. You're just going to be there, and he's going to leave you. He's going to go on. Oh, yeah, uh, put that thought. Uh, where were you today? What time did you get there? Da-da-da. That's the enemy. He puts those thoughts there. He tries to torment you. But God says, guess what? I love you, so nothing else matters. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm tripping anyways. Bye. <laughs> because nothing else will matter. If nope, If Ms. Marston gets mad at me and never talks to me again, it breaks my heart because I love her. But nothing else would matter because God loves me. And that's the truth. So whatever the enemy brings, whatever fear, whatever doubt, whatever anxiety he tries to put in your heart, you're going to lose your job, you're going to die, and what? I'm going to go be with him. Okay, cool. Like you can't pump me into a corner. That's what fear does. Fear is a liar. And the San school kids will tell you loud and clear. Yes, fear is a liar. It's a lie. It's not truth. So how do you combat a lie? With truth. Yeah. And the truth is this. Romans 8, 31 through 39. Who has it? Somebody find it and read it for me. Romans 8, through yeah, Romans 8, 31 through 39. And I want it all read. Whenever I was um, dating Pastor Ben, I was not... Anywhere I needed exactly. to be. Injured. I wasn't with Jesus. I was nowhere yeah, near yes, walking sir. with him. And so every day, I didn't know this, but he would anoint my my shoes. And I would see them breezy, but I thought, well, maybe he just cleaned them or something, whatever, you know. Didn't think about it, Ryan. But every day next to my shoes, he would put the little bread of life, Pastor Lori, and it was this scripture. And I remember looking at the scripture, and every single day I would think, there's no way God could love me. How can God love me? He's got jokes. One day I even turned it upside down. God doesn't love me. Why does he put those things up there? Why does he tell me that? Because God, he doesn't know what I've done. He doesn't understand, but God knew and God was loving me through him. God was reaching out to me and he was showing me there's nothing that's going to separate you from me. Not your past, not your present, and surely not your future. And that's the truth. These are the things that I had to put into my spirit to transform the lies that the enemy put there, Mama D. Lies. It was lies. I would go into a church service, if you don't believe me, ask my three witnesses I have, and I would hang on to the back of the pew, Pastor Lord, because y'all know I love worship. And I couldn't worship. My knuckles would turn white. I would get up and go to the bathroom 1,500 times, Mary, because I couldn't handle it. I felt the presence of God so strong, and I knew I didn't deserve this. There's no way I should be able to feel this. It must be a fluke from heaven, but i got to get out of here because i messed up. But every day I read that scripture, every day I heard that... In my spirit, it began to chip away and break away at those lies. And before you know it, I believed it. And now I'm sold out. I'm a big hot mess because I know he loves me. And nothing can separate me from that. Go ahead and read the scripture, Ben.
1: It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dare accuse us? whom God has chosen for His own. No one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to lie for us. And He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? (laughs) Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? (laughs) Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things overwhelming... Victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love.
0: Nothing. No
1: power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ
0: Jesus' That's it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. And that's the truth. So if you ever need to know, is it God? Does it line up with that scripture? It's Him. Because nothing. There's nothing He won't do to come and find us. And that's truth. Number four is we're going to speak to the mountain. Everybody say speak. Speak. Loud. Speak. Speak. Romans 4.17 says, as it is written, He's telling Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom He believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Look at your neighbor and say, they were not. not. But what you say, what you speak, it will manifest. God said, let there be light. There was light. Yeah, yeah. Because we're his children. We manifest what we speak. We're naturally created to do it. That's what we are. I'm his daughter, so I'm creating my world. So if I wake up in the morning and say, it's going to be a great day, praise God. Regardless if the day is great, there's a joy and peace unspeakable that won't touch me. It's going to be a great day. I've spoken into existence. If I say I'm never going to be nothing, I'll always live in poverty. I'll never have well, yeah, you will, because you said it. You spoke it. I've never been able to do this. I've never been able to do that. Well, you'll never be. Bless your heart. And there's nothing wrong with saying those things out of ignorance and not knowing. But the Bible says once you know, that's, right. that's when you have to change your thinking and your speaking. And not that anybody's perfect. Pastor Lori gets on to me all the time. But what you say will manifest. You have to make it manifest. So I can't say, I'm in the worst shape I've been in in two years. You're Sherry. Like, I got to get it together. I got to say, I am in the process of becoming a better me. <clears throat> so right I am manifesting a healthier me. Yeah. I am manifesting a body that is going to live long and healthy and do God's work because what I say will come to pass. Everybody say, Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. So I challenge you this week. Take those thoughts captive. Speak to the things that, that are not that you want to be. I remember whenever uh, me and Pastor Ben first got started doing the business, I grabbed all our cards one day, Mama Day, I was driving. On that long hour drive to take the kids, I grabbed all our debit cards and I spoke to them, Mary. I said, you will never be declined. You never lack. One day you will pay someone's mortgage. One day you will buy a single mama car. One day you will this and one day you will that. And I spoke to those cards and I told them, you will never be declined. So one day the lady ran my thing. My chip wasn't working. And she goes, it's declined. I don't know, ma'am. No, it's not. There's no way that card could ever be declined. (laughs) I spoke to that card. I told that card what it was going to do. Same thing with our health. We speak to our bodies. We tell our bodies. Pastor says it all the time. We don't deny the symptoms. I woke up today and I have symptoms. I have. The type of fever that could not be leading to wellness. <laughs> so I'm speaking to my body. I told my body one day, I put my hands on it and said, I don't know what's going on in you, but I didn't receive it. it I didn't ask for it, so I go back to hell where it came from because I don't want it. Whereas people will literally say, I'm sick. I'm broke. Okay, well, you are. All of those things because you manifested it. You called it forth. So I challenge you this week. Call forth those things that are not as though they are. Jerry, I praise God with you now because you have the job job God designed for you and you're working it. Already. Already right now. We just don't see the manifestation of it. But it's there. It's in our future. Everything that we need, we have to speak it. I challenge you this week. Speak to something. Speak to the thing. Whatever the thing is, speak to it. The Bible says speak to the mountain. So we're thinking we need to go to California and find a mountain and talk to it. No. No. Speak to the mountain in your life. Speak to the thing that seems impossible to climb. Speak to that thing that holds you back, holds you down, and sticks you under it. Because the thought of a mountain on you is overwhelming. But that was never God's design for us. He gave you the power. He gave you the ability. And how sad is it going to be for us to get there before Him and He say... You had it in your back pocket all along. Yeah, come on. You had the power all along. You just never utilized it. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It's a conquering issue. And we're more than overcomers. God never designed us to live beneath. I'm going to leave you with this. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all, everybody say all, all All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard your mind with his peace, with his words, develop your thinking, and you will transform. I love you guys. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: I